Welcome to From the Deep. I am Mike the Finder, and with me, as always, is my buddy Mimsy Park. Hello. And uh, before we get started here, I just want to reiterate and and retell everyone here that we do have an audio version of this podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Stitcher. Follow there. Subscribe here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we don't we don't talk about this a whole lot, um, but there is a whole playlist of all of the I have no idea what episode number we're on right now, but um, there it's is like six. I think it's six. No, we're I think this is episode 10 or 11 or something. Oh we're my. like, yeah, we've been doing this for a while. Um, they haven't always been about movies. Sometimes they're about YouTube. Sometimes they're about camera equipment. They're just sort of about, about whatever. Uh, yeah. And especially, mo- well, especially, I was just going to say, especially the beginning episodes are, they're just not about movies at all because this was not a movie centric channel. No, I think like everybody else, those are like, you spend the first couple episodes kind of like getting your bearings together anyway. Yes. And it took us four or five episodes to really figure out what this podcast is about. But I think. I think we finally have, and we have hit like a good point. Right. Um, so, like I said, it's 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 almost like a vlog style podcast in the sense yeah, kind of, like, of it's just about us and whatever we're doing and into. Yeah, and as of lately, we've been doing um, each episode. We sort of focus around one movie, and we are going to be doing that today with Guns Akimbo. Um, if you want to jump straight into that, there are, there will be, um, timestamps down below in the description. Also on the timeline, if you're watching here on YouTube, you should be able to just find guns akimbo review down there. And every episode is like that as well. So, um, thank God for timestamps. Yeah. So with the housekeeping out of the way here, um, it has been, I think about a month since the last time we did one of these podcasts, right? Yep. Yeah. The, um, uh, the, the, the holidays took a toll on me and it was just like, yeah, I'm going to just enjoy the holidays. Well, and we've tried Although to do this January four 23rd. different times. Yes, I know. We, uh, we've, we've tried to sit down and do these four different times. Um, and for one reason or another, it just hasn't worked out and it is finally working out today. So um, I, because I, I I just I just have fun doing these. I do too. These are these are a good time, and not to mention you and I don't ever get a chance to hang out anymore. So this is like thanks COVID. when we hang out. Yeah, thanks so, COVID and your asthma. Yeah. Um. But since we haven't been doing, or since we haven't done one of these in a while, what have you been up to since the last time we talked? Um. I actually got to do the coolest film project. Well, not film project, video project that I've done so far. I got to basically go do a video for a kid to help an autistic kid to help him get a service dog. Oh, cool! And that was like the most reward. It was the simplest thing. It was basically just following this family around for like ten hours. And then there's like, there's not even editing involved. It's literally just cramming everything into one video file and then sending it off to this. It's a four pause for something. I can't remember the organization's name, but, uh, but yeah, so basically they have to, they have to send them a video in order to get this service dog. And so that was kind of the coolest thing I've done. That's awesome. As far as impact on people. Yeah. The, uh, for, for those of you that don't know, Brett works with video and does photography and videography and weddings. For a living and now, it's no longer estate. a hobby. Yeah. And, um, so they, 
that's one of the other reasons it's sort of so sparse with this podcast is it's really difficult to get the two of us together for longer than an hour. So that's, uh, that's very cool. Um, what about your channel or any of that stuff? What have what else Uh, have you been up to? I did review Mulan. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I did review Mulan and uh, if, you, if you can go over my channel and check that out, it is the latest video. It's also over a week old. But I think I said this in the last video where it was like, listen, I'm just, I have stuff going on. So this isn't going to be consistent, going to try to, but not necessarily going to be. But yeah. um, but it is not the only movie I've been watching. It's just, it's the last one that I actually took the time and got the time to review and I'm not going to lie, of all the videos I've put out that have been on the Di- the Disney live action ones are always a minor anxiety attack just because of my feelings on them. Yeah. This one more so simply because of all of the political crap that was surrounding that movie. Yeah, and there's so a it ton was, of stuff that went on behind the scenes with that movie, yeah, right? Yeah, and I tried not to focus on that even though I do have very strong feelings and it's such a polarizing subject as far as everything that we, and we won't get into that, but it was no. basically just about, okay, I need to, I need to cut around this. Okay. Address is that stuff you can't not address, but you have to at least sit there and be like, okay, this can't be about that. And so, yeah, sometimes you, be, you, you just have to not focus on the stuff. That's the big right. news story in order to be right. able to how. However, how, however much you might want to, because yeah. as anybody who's ever spent more than 10 minutes with me knows, I'm very loud and opinionated. And so it's, it's like this internal struggle of like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't, no, don't, <laughs> don't. It's like my mom in the background, like pick your battles. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. Well, um, as far as, you? as far as I go, um, I am sitting in this apartment still. That's, um, not something that has changed in 10 months. Yeah, but it's the smart thing to do. It really is. It is. Um, I am about to, within the next couple months, it is going to be forced upon me to get out of this place and get out of my comfort zone and go find a new place to live. Um, so that's something I've been, I've been sort of working on behind the scenes and I'll be making videos and vlogs and stuff about that. Whenever As will I, because I will up. be joining you at right. one point, at some point to go down there. That'll be, it'll be fun to be able to do a vlog outside of the house. Yeah. And especially because together, we haven't vlogged together in over a year since before. Yeah, since Red since, Rock. Since, yeah, Red Rock Canyon Open I was going to say, and you can actually see that video on my channel. It's, uh, I think it was titled Leaving Colorado. Um, and it was the day I sold the house and I went on the massive road trip, like a month and a half before COVID hit. I Um, think that was probably one of my favorite videos that I've done simply because it really was a very transparent video. Not that we're not transparent people, but there's definitely a filter applied more than anything to appease the YouTube gods. Right. But that video was very like, just like raw and stripped down. Yeah. And, that's why I liked that one also because I mean, you have red rock Canyon open space. It's like B roll central. Yeah. The, um, that whole area out there is beautiful, but if you want to, if you want to see what I'm talking about, that's, um, on his channel. I, do you know what that video is called on your channel? Uh, last days of Mike or something like something that. Like that. And Maybe then, that's what I named the folder. And then my mine... folders have the dumbest names on my computer. I hope nobody ever sees it. 
See, I, I, I have a whole system for that, so I don't deal with that. But mine I is do titled, too. It's just snarky. <laughs> mine was titled Leaving Colorado, and it was it was literally me selling the house. Like it was a vlog of me selling my house, meeting up with you, and then leaving Colorado and not having a place to live and just being on the road. So it was a cool video. The other thing I've been up to really is I've been trying to get back into reviewing stuff. I've taken the last three weeks or so off of the channel. I feel like that was sort of a necessity because I'm about to try to really start hitting this channel hard again. Um, so I've been sort of chilling with that too. So I think it's something a lot of people don't talk about though. It's like there, there, there's this whole grind mentality behind YouTube because it's, I mean, which is just a normal entrepreneurial mindset. Well, it's also the only way to succeed on YouTube too. But it's also so important to allow yourself to acknowledge when you are actually needing that time off yeah, and that sure. time to break away. Cause then it just starts affecting the content in the ways that you're trying to prevent by not, not making videos. And then it's yeah. just, I, it's really important the, the mental health aspect, as far as just being able to take a break. I think people put so much pressure on, Oh, if I miss, if I miss a week or two, I'm going to lose all these subscribers. It's like, you might, you might lose a couple, but it's not going to, it's not going to plummet. No. And you know, it all depends on what your goals are. If you're trying to become PewDiePie, then not doing this every day is it's never going to work out. But right. You know, my, my whole goal here, I, that's not my goal. My goal is to be creatively fulfilled and satisfied with right. the stuff I'm putting into the world on YouTube. So, right. You know, it's equally as important that I take time to to relax. And, you know, I knew when I started making videos again in 2021 that it was like, it's go time. So I'm I'm back on my grind here. I put a new video out last night. Um, oh, did I didn't get a notification about that. Yeah, the um, I think YouTube was having issues when I published it because it was it was acting really weird whenever, whenever I put it out. So that may have been part of it, but I uh, reviewed 2009's Friday the 13th, the, the remake, which I had never seen before. How did um, that go? You know, um, you don't have to review it here, but how no, did it go? I, I won't. And if you want to hear my full thoughts on it, you can go check it out on my channel. <laughs> Otherwise why put the video out? Right. It's, I think about 14 minutes or so. Um, I hated it. <laughs> I I disliked it a lot, um, but I sort of knew going into it that that was kind of probably going to be the case. Right. So, um, yeah. The the other thing I should mention for those of you that are watching, um, I have a new background here, and that is, if you've been watching the podcast for a while, this is the original podcast background that like when the first four or five episodes or so. This is look over here what it looked he's like. Up, he's he's yeah. over here. But I'm I'm back in my office. I moved my desk from in the living room back into the office here. Um, mostly because, as stated before, I'm not really leaving this place. So when my computer and my TV are all in one room, what ends up happening is I spend all of my time in one room. God, and I so, can relate to that. Yeah, and so I I had to force myself to get the computer out of the living room so that I'm at least I'm giving my brain the illusion that I'm spending time in more than one place. So, 
that's that's really what's going on here. All my videos are still going to be shot out in the living room in front of the, the Blu-rays and stuff like that. But as far as the podcast goes, because I need my computer to do this, I think it looks good though. It's got that it's got that office vibe to it. Yeah, and uh, if I mean it's it's almost got that like radio studio kind right. of vibe yeah. more 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 so than and again I'm looking over here because he's over here and I have to analyze <laughs> it over here but but yeah it's uh, I think it totally works especially for especially for a podcast vibe I think it works really well yeah I, I you know this room is tiny um so there's not a whole lot of stuff to work with I try to hang some stuff on the walls and put some stuff on the desk to make it at least a little more interesting than just a blank wall and the desk, but right. I think it works. Um, okay. So I think one of the things that we haven't done in the last episode or, or maybe even two is what we've been watching, like small little mini reviews and stuff. Okay. Um, this is I always like these. Yeah. This, this is something this that is actually good practice for me to not make 20, 30 minute long videos, which is why I like yeah. doing these. Well, and it's, it's also fun to, just talk about the random movies that we've been watching that we right. probably wouldn't talk about anyway. So right. if you would like to start us, what have you been watching? We need like a little jingle or something. Maybe jingle, maybe jingle, I'll make some, jingle. Maybe I'll make something in uh, Ableton or something for that. That sounds like it'd be fun. Can, can, can we do like some like weird beatboxing funk one? Like, yeah, sure. Okay. I'll, I'll, I make no it's promises, gonna so, but it's going to take so many takes to get through that too. <laughs> it just ended up the laughter. Screw it. Keep it in. Put it out. Um, so no, as far as movies I've been watching, I, um, I recently watched, um, I watched anything for Jackson on shutter. Oh yeah. Which I, wa- I, I watched really that back in December. Liked. Yeah. I really, really liked it. I, uh, I reanalyzed how I felt originally because when I watched it, I was also having a couple beers and I believe I texted you saying this is amazing and it's 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 not amazing it's not amazing no um, I would not say it's amazing but it is but it's it is good. really good yeah it's really good it look it's it's shot so well the cinematography is. is really good it's lit really well too that whole yes. movie is lit really well. They, I, I, I really liked that they didn't. I noticed they weren't doing a lot of the like wide open apertures, which I really liked. Yeah, they were using um, lighting instead of opening their aperture, their aperture up. They were using, they were just blanketing stuff in light, and then right. they were shooting it with a little more closed, and so it it gives it this really dark, awesome vibe, and it's just, it's not something you see a whole lot, and and it, and it works. And I really felt like it had one of the best cold openings I've seen in a movie in a long, long time. It's like, it's, it's just, just the way that it starts out, like seeming so innocent. And then without any notice whatsoever, it just takes this super hard left turn just right off the bat. And it's all done while you got this like really slow dolly in shot. It's just, uh. I thought I just thought it was really well done. You end up actually kind of almost feeling for the antagonists who are also yeah. sort of the protagonists. That's, that's kind of my favorite thing about that movie is that like they make they make it very clear that the the protagonists are not good people. They have right. they have chosen to do something terrible in order right. to I, I won't spoil anything, but they've chosen Without to do something remorse. terrible. Right. And 
And so at the beginning, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to be down for this whole thing. And the more you kind of see it and the more everything plays out, it does make you a little sympathetic toward their cause and, and right. what they're trying to accomplish and stuff. So, right. Yeah. Now, in the, I, I still, when, when everything hits the fan, I still found myself going like, oh, get him, get him. Yeah. Like it was still, it still gets you all amped up because the whole time it's very conflicting. Like, and it's, so it's almost like regardless of which direction it ends up going, you still are on board with how it's going to end simply because you have these conflicting feelings throughout the whole time. Like, oh, I feel so bad for them, but oh, they're terrible people. But oh, I still kind of feel bad for them. Um, I want to read you, this is, this is something I'll probably do several more times here, but I want to read you my, um, letterboxed entry for, for anything for Jackson. Um, I was inundated with emails and ads for this today because shutter was just going crazy the day that came out. Uh, so I thought I'd give it a shot. I really liked how this was filmed. The script is great and the acting is phenomenal. The biggest problem I have with it is the ending. I dig the idea of a quote reverse exorcism and the idea is executed well, but it kind of feels like they didn't know how to wrap everything up. The last few seconds of this are a bit confusing. Made me bring the rating down just a little bit. Um, actually good scary horror in 2020. Who knew? Right. Yeah. The, the thing that I've noticed, I've read several people's reviews and stuff since having watched that. Um, it's the ending, the very ending for no reason it just doesn't need to be there. It just right. doesn't need to be there. And so I find that's a common theme in a lot of 100 horror movies. modern horror at the very end. They're just constantly like, yeah, but right. <laughs> well, and we're, we're, we're going to get there eventually because it's gone from like, you know how it's going to end, but it's like super gory. Usually I feel like we're kind of getting to that point of horror. Um, let me, re- let me rephrase that. I-, I feel like we're getting to that point in horror where they're starting to figure out how to mesh the emotional side of storytelling and sending a message with scaring the crap out of you or, yeah. you know, at least making it very unnerving. But we're still not quite at the point of like, how do we just ride that train all the way through to the credits? Yeah. Um. So anyway, anything for Jackson is that's... It's good. If you haven't seen it, I think it's a Shutter exclusive. I don't know yep. if it's a Shutter original. I don't. I don't know if it's. I, is or I not. think it's just a Shutter exclusive. Okay. Totally um, worth go wa- go watch it though. Totally worth going and watching. Speaking of something else that we've watched, um, you and I sat down and watched Anaconda. Um, we sure did. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted the to bring that up a couple be- episodes. Now that I'm being reminded. Yeah, we <laughs> I just um, edit that. So anybody anybody that doesn't know, we do a thing called uh, Angry Guys Theater. And it's a reactionary series um, on Brett's YouTube channel, uh, which is Mimsy Park, which you can find linked down below. Um, and it's just us watching crappy movies. The last one we did with th- was Thanks Killing. And um, we sat down before Christmas, I think, and, and watched Anaconda, right? That's why, yeah, af- that's why it never came out because after Christmas was over, I've been debating on is it worth putting out or do we just watch something else? Yeah. And put that out because it's got Christmas lights and everything in the background. Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, so we watched that. 
it holds up well enough, I guess. You know, it's it was a lot of fun. It was it a was, lot of fun to, to sit down and like rip on for sure. It, yeah. it, uh, John, John, John Voight's performance throughout that whole movie is oh, yeah. so bad, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's so bad, it's good. It's really over the top for sure. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely over the top. But it's definitely one of those movies you go into it. You, it was it was Sharknado before the or it was that whole giant creature thing before it went Sharknado. Like before that subgenre went yeah. Sharknado. Yeah, um, it's still terrible CGI, but it doesn't matter because it's yeah, it's a fun you, ride the whole time. That's what I was gonna say, man. It's a fun movie. Like yeah. I, it held up as far as the fun factor. So much more than I was expecting it to. I I really thought that we were going to sit down and watch that movie and just be bored to tears and feel like when we watch Thanksgiving. Um, no, and luckily we it wasn't to, like we, that. We, there really were wasn't. tears, but it was not from boredom when we watched <laughs> Thanksgiving. So anyway, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up because I don't know if that's ever going to, I don't know if that's ever going to come out. So um, uh, maybe I'll just wait till next Christmas. <laughs> there <laughs> Uh, something else that I had been putting off for a while was uh, Deadpool 2. Have you seen Deadpool 2? I have not seen Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2 is fun. Uh, the first half hour or so, I was kind of like, are we really going to do this again? Did you like the first one? I did. I okay. really did like the first one, yeah. Um, but for the first half hour, 40 minutes or so of the second one, I I was kind of on the fence. Um, yeah. But, you know, with... Colossus playing a really a much bigger part. Um, you know, he actually goes and spends time at um Professor X's mansion and like it's oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he puts together like this fun, stupid little superhero. They're trying thing. to tie it in, aren't they? It's fun. It's they're trying it's, to tie it in, aren't they? It, it is, yes. It was one hundred percent, but they even make a joke because they couldn't afford any of the real X-Men. And so there's there's even a joke of like why isn't anyone else here? It's, it's only <laughs> Negasonic Teenage Warhead or whatever her name is. Colossus. Um, you know, there's there's a couple others. Domino from uh, X Factor. D- Domino from X Factor is in it, and she's one of the coolest parts of that movie. Um, Domin- Knight- is it played by Kira Knightley? No, no, no. Oh, um, okay. Well, actually, now that I think about it, I don't know who that is. Kira Knightley is the girl from. Uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, no, 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 no. Uh, Domino is played by an actress. I actually don't, I, I didn't recognize her. Um, but Domino's superpower is the, is the ability of luck. And so like, you know, her, her whole thing is just kind of a cool, she just like, she'll go flying through the air and just kick back and wait for something lucky to happen. So she doesn't get killed. And like, it's stuff like that. That's luck isn't really a superpower. Luck isn't a superpower. It's a D and D attribute, <laughs> <laughs> but it's either way. Deadpool two was a lot of fun. I had way more fun with it than I expected to. Um, I don't know if I need more Deadpool, uh, as far as the cinematic universe goes. You I'm, just described the entire universe. I'm almost you, <laughs> positive. They're talking about making a third one or bringing him into the MCU in some way. Now that, now that Marvel owns the rights to the X Men stuff and all the Sony stuff, have you um, ever mentioned that we tried to do an episode on Avengers and we couldn't do it? No, 
No, that was the same day we watched Anaconda. We we yep. tried to sit down and watch the Avengers, and <sighs> I just don't get it. Don't, I just, no, I, I, me neither. I, I, I just don't get it. And I I, I don't want to hear anybody go. Well, it's because you guys are in your thirties. I watched Pinocchio last night. Okay, I don't think it has That's anything to, to do with our to. age. It has everything to do with those movies. If you have not been keeping up with them since 2004 or whenever Captain America and Iron Man came out, there's no getting into them. Well, the, that's the, that's those the movies have homework. Like, yeah, well, and that's that's really the problem is it's not even like you know, you, you, like if you want to watch the Psycho series, you start with Psycho One. If you want to start the Avengers anthology at this point you need to have watched the iron man movies you need to have watched the thor movies you they're tying so much in it's not a freaking comic book where you can sit there and go through a even just a few hundred pages and be caught up and at least have an idea of what's going on like you have to dedicate at this point days to getting the information that you need and it's just like I, I I have other crap I want to watch. I had I, I looked up one day I was in Walmart and I saw a bunch of them were on sale and I was like, maybe I'll try. And then I Googled the timeline and I was like, no, this is something I will never get into. Only if if nothing else, just because of time. Because right. like there are too many. I didn't see them over the years. It's too much of an undertaking to try to watch all of them now. And I just, I just can't do it. Guardians, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Great. Again, I kind of feel the same way I did as with Deadpool, where I don't think I need more of that in my life. Right. Uh, they were good. Cool. I, I'm i over it. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe the that's ride, just me, the, the, the ride is a lot of fun. Yeah. The ride is a lot of fun. The ride right. is a lot of fun. I, I hate that it had to take over... Um, Tower of Terror Twilight Zone. In, in California. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would much rather be Twilight Zone. But 100%. Again, it's, it's because I love Twilight Zone. Yeah. I, I, I literally, they, they could go, okay, no more Avengers movies and it wouldn't affect me at all. It's still in Florida. They have both in Florida, I believe. Um, they have That's both awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Tower of Terror. So. I find I find it really interesting though because I've noticed that since you've de- or seemingly since you've done the Rambo review, you seem to be branching away from horror more than you used to, or is that just my imagination? No, you're right. Um, it's weird that you notice that because it has been a it's something I have given a lot of thought to. Um, I love horror, um, but equally. To be honest, I I like I like artsy fartsy dramas and and sort of pretentious art films too, um, like probably just as much as horror. Fair enough. Um, and so I'm trying to. I mean, I mentioned Rambo. You talked well, artsy fart. Well, yes, no, but, but Rambo just happened to be. What happened with Rambo is Rambo caught me off guard. I was not expecting Rambo to be what Rambo was. Right. Rambo 2 is what I thought Rambo 1 was going to be, right? <laughs> it's because Rambo um, 2 is what everybody expects from Rambo. Yes. And I, the reason I haven't done a review for Rambo 2 is because Rambo 2 is exactly what you think Rambo 2 is going to be. So Rambo caught me off guard. And so I think because it happened to be my first movie review, 
I think it sort of opened the door in my, in my brain anyway, of like, mm-hmm. you don't only have to do horror. And then the Florida project, I think was probably the other reason that I've, that I've branched off a lot because I still need to watch that. The, that movie review, um, it's not done spectacularly well or anything. It's done okay, but it it showed me that I like breaking more artsy stuff down Mm -hmm. just as much as horror. So there's more to break down. Yeah. And I'm really trying to make the channel, uh, sort of more all around thing. I, I think horror is the backbone of what I'm doing, right? But I'm really trying to branch off into other directions as well. So have you watched possum? No, it's it, it. I'm telling you, it's the perfect amalgamation of like artsy fartsy indie stuff with like it's like spooky horror, like creepy horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's on Shutter, and if I remember okay. correctly, it's only like an hour and a half long. Oh, okay. But nice. uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely they they shot it on a Kodak 35 millimeter film. Oh wow! And so it's got this really like old, recently. Uh, yeah, it was released. Uh, this I think. I want to say it was the last in the last couple years, but uh, wow. but yeah, it's got it's got that really like desaturated, grainy, gritty look that you get from like old film, mm-hmm. and uh, the it's all it, you you just have to go watch. It. I don't want to give anything away, but it's okay. definitely done in. I mean, from the cinematography to the lighting to the music to the props to everything, it's done in a very like artsy old school and- kind of way. So this this leads me around to um, another movie that we both watched, but I want to get to that in a second. Artsy fartsy mixed with horror, that is the sweet spot for me. Like, and it's the reason that Darling is one of my favorite movies that I've seen in the in the last ten years. Yeah, like, it's artsy, but it's also like got a whole st- the style of like '60s exploitation and horror and monster movies. And so it's just this perfect mixture of both of them. And in a, I think I want to do more stuff like that as well. Like, like the lighthouse and, and, and stuff like that. That's like one I, of my favorites. In I the last plan, five to 10 years. And see, I plan on doing a, a review of the lighthouse midsummer, uh, all that kind of stuff. Like that is the direction my channel is going to go. And because I take it in that direction, I can also go hardcore horror or hardcore artsy fartsy art house movie. So like that's kind of, I think the direction I'm headed in and you know, it'll probably be less stuff like Rambo, although I will still do stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, that, yeah. So I, I, I think, I think keeping it open to a whole bunch of different weird stuff is key. I don't want to, I don't want to just be horror guy. Like as much as I love horror and arguably my entire personality is based around loving horror. It's, um, you know, it's, it's not something I want to box myself in on YouTube. So, um, but I, this, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I tried to get Brittany to watch cannibal Holocaust the other night. Cause it's on shutter. Yeah. Um, she, 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 she said, I, I've gotten her to the point that I was at before I watched it, which was, Okay, this is something I will plan on watching, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be barking up that tree for a while now that I know that it's on Shutter. Yeah, the um, it's I don't it's know a what version they got. Honest to God, it's a great movie. Like you take away the weird animal stuff, it's a it's just a great movie. Like, it really is. It's still you take away the animal stuff, it's 
still hard to get through. Yeah. But it, I, and not hard to get through like you want to shut it off, but more like it's it's like a gauntlet of gore. Yeah. It's like really there's some you, pretty hardcore stuff in there. Yeah. I feel at a certain point it feels like an escape room <laughs> because it's like okay, I want to get to the end, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to. But the good thing about that movie is that it's framed in such an interesting way with the documentary team and right. the uh, like the the execs putting it together and like it's just that movie's great and I I understand why people hate it but it's right. if you give it a shot it is totally it is a good film like Definitely. it is a really good film um anyway this this whole artsy fartsy thing leads me back to we were going to sit down and do a podcast. This is one of the abandoned tries that we that we had uh, and do a whole episode on Pod, which is from the same director as Darling. Um, and we both watched that and we were going to do a whole feature review on, on a podcast, but that's not what we're doing today. So I figured we might as well give it a quick little talking about while we're while we're talking about what we watched because we both watched Pod from right. 2009 or no, 17. I think 2017, I think. 2017, I that think so, right. yeah. 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 Um, um, I, 2015, you, 2015. I feel like your feelings on it are not totally different from mine, but probably Man. stronger than mine because you've seen Darling and I haven't. So, okay. So with that being said, I'll just read you, like, like I said, I will do this multiple times today. I'll just read you what I wrote in Letterboxd. It's hard to believe that this film came out the same year by the same director and stars the same actress as my favorite horror movie from the last 10 years, Darling. Pod tries so hard to be artsy and tense, but it just doesn't work. It's a great idea, but the acting and camera work gets in its way constantly. There are some cool shots, some tense moments, and cool set designs, but none of it is enough to keep me interested. The end flashback is a little too on the point. It makes me feel like they didn't trust the audience to be smart enough to understand it. Um, I, I wanted to like this, but I just didn't care for it. Meh. And that's, I, I think I gave it a five out of 10. Is that right? Yeah. Five out of 10. Um, I would give it like a six out of 10. Oh, interesting. Okay. See, my perspective, I think is slightly different because of how insanely perfect darling is it's it's incredible that this is made the same year by the same people i it blows my mind because they are night and day this is like this peter feels jackson like an amateur movie compared to darling right like, and and it's it's just crazy i don't i don't know how did you feel about it um, I liked the, uh, the, the idea behind it was really cool. The premise is really cool. I liked that, but yeah. I, uh, I love sci-fi. Um, I love sci-fi horror. The alien series is one of my all time top favorite horror series of any subgenre. Um, so I liked the premise behind it. I also liked that, um, it really showed what you can do on a low budget from a, uh, from That's a camera true. perspective. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if you noticed in the very, uh, opening scene, there's a pretty noticeable amount of rolling shutter yeah. in the opening scene with, 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 with the woods and everything. Um, but it happens multiple times and it doesn't stop them from moving the camera quickly and doing quick pans and stuff like that. Right. And so it, for me, it really opened my eyes as to how I feel about what I need in my equipment. 
Now that doesn't lower the bar for what I want in my equipment, but it really, really, I think, I, I really think it shows what you can do, how important story is. It really shows how yeah. important the other elements around the camera really are. Um, I didn't think the acting was terrible, but I was also going into this with the idea of it being a B movie. And when I and I I judge low budget movies on a completely different scale yeah. than a big budget movie. If the, if it's a big budget movie, you better have that you better have that stuff dialed in. On low budget movies, I can kind of allow my head to kind of fill in the gaps. I agree, but when a script, especially like Pod is so dialogue heavy and relies so heavily on the three people you have in that room together. It's really important that you get everything right. As far as the actors go. And I thought the, the girl from darling, I forget her name. Um, she does. Okay. It's mostly Mm -hmm. the older brother that I have. Oh, I hated him as a character. I have an issue with his character is awful, but I thought the actor wasn't great. No, so, well, neither is the other brother. He really like it, yeah. it's almost like it, it's almost like he watched other people portray someone with schizophrenia and went, "That's how you do it," rather yeah. than r- rather than really diving into. It. But I mean, maybe he did, and it just came out differently than he wanted to. I don't know, but I know between him and then there's the older brother who, again, his acting is not awful, but I mean, it's not it's not great. Like it's not astounding or anything. Yeah. But it's the arrogance of his character of that just I know everything kind of mentality. I know what you're going through better than you do. That really made me already hate the character. And once I hate the character, I'm judging them very, very harshly. And it's it, it starts to kind of bleed over into how the acting is coming across, not just in how the character's coming across. Right. Well, I think you're right, though. With all that being said, I do think you're right. It it really shows what you can do with a camera and a room, like Mm -hmm. a good idea, a camera and a dark room will, it can get you far. Right. Um, and, and the idea is solid enough that it, that it does, it does feel like the execution was good. It's just, I had a lot of, I had a lot of problems with the way they shot that movie. It's as far as what it felt amateur from uh, like top to bottom, the camera work in that movie felt amateur. It's really noisy at times. It's yeah. Sometimes blurry. Uh, and it just, it just felt, it just didn't feel like, a, like a Hollywood film. Like, and, and that's right. cause it's not, but I also think my expectations for it were possibly too high because how much I like darling and how much I was anticipating or, or what I was anticipating would come out of this movie. I think it just let me down. Um, and I just, I wanted to love it more than I did. So I right. think that that maybe, I think that's why I rated it a five out of 10. I just wanted to love it a lot more because of how much I liked darling. So, right. It's, it's good though. It's, it's by no means a bad film. And like I said, the idea is cool. The the makeup on that thing at the end is super cool. The way they shot it, like fighting to get out and stuff like that was super cool. Like right. I said in, in my review there, I I think the, the flashback of, you know, 
basically telling what's happening to the older brother, like instead of letting the audience figuring it out, like figure it out, they, they straight up tell you um, that is a little too a on the nose. Yes. And, and that, that killed it a little bit for me, but all in all, it was, it was okay. It was okay. Um, the only other thing that I want to talk about here is soul. Um, the new Pixar movie. I, was not sure how I was going to feel about it because the biggest issue I have with soul is it presupposes a lot of things. Right. And you have just, to just, and it's, and it's premise. Alone, exactly. Right? And you have to just sort of accept the things that they're presupposing in order to buy it as an idea. Yeah. And, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's about this jazz musician who dies and his soul goes into um, heaven the afterlife. the afterlife is a much better way to say that. Um, and the, the whole movie is about that soul, the soul of this guy trying to get back so that he can make it to this big jazz show that he booked. Um, and it's his big break, but he dies the afternoon before. And so it's just him trying to get back to it. I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I went into it sort of expecting like, okay, here we go. Sappy Pixar. They're going to try to emotionally manipulate me into feeling a specific way, the way they, they have in their last five films. Yep. That's my biggest issue with them right now. Yeah. And have you watched this? I haven't. I haven't because, um, I, I, I've, I watched it and I went, Oh, the Pixar formula. Oh, that's that's what this movie is. It's the Pixar formula. They they, they yeah. have found a formula that works, and they just they, they they apply that to every movie that they make now. And I I I will get around to watching Soul, but I could say I, I can honestly say I have no vested interest in this movie. Right. I wasn't excited about it when I saw it. When, it, when it, I I saw Pixar, I saw the word Soul, and I already knew what they were going for with this movie. And it's what they're doing with almost all of their movies, which is we're going to tug on some heartstrings. We're going to tell a story. And by tugging on the heartstrings, it automatically gets you invested in this story. And I I mean, granted this, you want to be invested in a story, but when it's through emotional manipulation, it takes on a little bit of a different vibe. And that's what their movie, their movies feel like emotional manipulation now. And it's like, dude, I want to watch a movie, especially a Pixar movie. It's supposed to be uplifting. It's supposed to be fun. I shouldn't be sharing the same movies with a Pixar movie that I shared with Schindler's List or the boy in the striped pajamas. Like it's just, it, it, it feels like they're doing it on purpose and not for the sake of the story, but for the sake of pulling you into the story. Well, have you watched Toy Story 4? No, no, that one I do. That, that one I do want to watch. Okay. So have you seen Toy Story 3? I've seen all of them up until four. Okay. Toy Story 4 is more of the same. It's it's exactly what you're explaining. It's emotional manipulation. That's why I haven't um, gotten around to watching it yet. They figured out, I think, around Wally and Toy Story 3 that all they have to do is tug on people's heartstrings and and the accolades just come. And right. and Soul is that way for sure. I, my biggest issue with it wasn't necessarily that because there was a lot less of that than I thought there was going to be. If I'm being real honest, mm-hmm. um, my biggest issue is the afterlife stuff 
has a really weird vibe to it. And, and I don't even know how to explain it. It's got, it's got, um, I forget his name, but the, uh, the guy from the it crowd. Um, okay. Not, not Roy, the other guy. What's, uh, I forget his character's name. You were way more into that show than I was. And they've got these weird synths behind it that give it this really strange vibe. And that more than anything is what I walked away feeling like that was really weird. It was like really (laughs) weird. Um, But dude, the animation is mind blowing. Is it dude? I I don't know how they do it. The, The manpower and computing power that it probably takes to make that stuff. It's, it's awesome. It's it's worth watching it just for that. And yeah, and it's worth it, but it's worth watching it just for the animation alone if you're like a fan of animation. Um oh, I'll definitely get around to watching it. It's worth it. It's like for I said, sure it's, it's by no means near the top of my list. Uh I I I ended up rating that as an 8 out of 10. So I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um but I think that's about it. I, I, I watched Small Soldiers. I rewatched that for no reason. Um, for no. Fun, stupid, doesn't hold up quite as much as you'd hope it would. Um, I watched Terminator Dark Fate. I don't know if you've seen that. I um, have, you, you know, I've actually never seen anything past Judgment Day. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's probably the right call. I, I'm not gonna lie. That's you're 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 pro- you are a better person for never having seen anything past Judgment Day for sure. Um, I've not. Let's put it this way: I've not heard anything that forces me to watch anything past Judgment Day. Well, Dark Fate, Dark Fate kind of writes everything else other than one and two off. So. Okay. All the weird, I think there's two two or three other movies and they're all weird offshoots and different timelines from when things have happened or when things were stopped or whatever. Um, Dark Fate, Dark Fate is um, a direct sequel, but it's many, many years later and it was good. I don't think it deserves all the crap that everybody gives it, but you know, I, I, it's, if you're a big fan of Terminator, which clearly you are not, it's at least worth oh, checking no, I- out. I am a big fan of it. I just, because I, I, I love that sci-fi aspect of it. I just, I've never heard anything that was like, you have to go watch the third. Although it's funny you bring that up because recently I have been sitting here wanting to make it through the series just because it's, I mean, Terminator's right up my alley. I've watched Terminator 1 and yeah. 2 many, 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 many well, times. I, I just dig the idea of like multiple timelines. I also dig the idea yep of time travel and yep. robots and all of it is cool. Killer and robots. So, yeah. And so, um, it's Plus, very it would be nice to see what Tesla has in store for us. Edward Furlong is in it. Um, in the they, new one. Yeah. The most recent one. I don't, I don't think it's new. I think it's a couple years old, but, okay. uh, they, they CGI him as a kid. And so it's like, he's in it. From like he looks like no it it works it does it, on, it? it honestly I just, works I see Captain America in no, my head no, every no, no. time no 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 they've come they've come a long way since tiny stupid little bodied 
Chris Evans face. I'm going to save the world. <laughs> That's the only Marvel movie outside of like Guardians and stuff that I've seen. And it's I say so that bad. as if they didn't model him after my exact body frame. <laughs> okay. So anyway, this brings us around to the main uh, feature review that we got going on for this episode. Um, today we are going to be talking about guns akimbo and there are, um, there are a handful of movies that Daniel Radcliffe has done since doing Harry Potter where I'm like, Oh, you chose that one. Okay. He doesn't okay. want to be Harry. Uh, he, <laughs> he really, really doesn't, doesn't want to be Harry Potter. No, you're right. <laughs> Who could blame him after what he went through after that movie wrapped up? So I get yeah, it. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, if I were him, I would lean into it as hard as possible. I get why one wouldn't. Um, right. But I'm a huge dork. And if it were me, I'd, yeah, I, I'd lean hard into it. But have you seen Horns? I have seen Horns. Horns I is the really one I'm thinking horns. of the most of like, oh, you chose that one. Okay. Um, horns is really interesting. And I don't really want to go too deep into it. But did you like Horns? I did. I really liked Horns, and it was the first non-Harry Potter movie I saw him in. He, I, just, I was not sure what to think of before I saw that. I saw the trailer, and I was like, I don't. You're you're trying to do this on purpose. Like you're trying to go too hard in the other direction. And then I watched it, and I was like, now I get why you did this because this right. is actually a smart, fun script. Um, and Guns Akimbo is very similar to that. Um, right. My first. My the first thing I saw of Guns Akimbo was probably two years ago. This has been held up for a couple years as far as post production and stuff, I believe. Um, but a couple years ago, a picture of Daniel Radcliffe in in the tiger booties and with the guns strapped to his head, the robe in the robe, it it went viral and nobody knew what the hell this was for because it's just such a crazy picture and he just looks so manic in it and so which says something about his acting it really, when somebody yeah, can grab really a random does. a random picture and you sit there and go okay he could be doing a movie but is he okay <laughs> so that was the first thing i ever saw about it and i remember when i saw that i was like okay i want to see whatever this is Right. Like I have no idea what this is from, but I want to see whatever this is. It took me a little while to see it. Um, I have watched it before we watched this yesterday. Have you, had you seen this before? No, this is the first time I'd seen no? it. Okay. A, a guy wakes up with guns strapped to his hands. Really? Well, that's not the beginning. That, that's not the beginning. We're like, we're okay. We're, fair we're, enough. We're, we're, we're get, we're giving him clearly like wanting to make a difference, but he's doing it in the way everybody does it he's, as a keyboard warrior. Right. He's a, he's a code monkey that is unhappy. And so in his off time, he talks a bunch of smack online and to everyone. And it, it sort of appears that it sort of takes over every waking moment for him that he's not at work. Right. Like he is all consumed by being a troll. Right. And so, he goes into this chat room for schism and schism is like this death club. It's like fight club on crack. Um, Except where you're kidnapped and not voluntarily. It's kinda, yeah. It's kind of like running man. Um, that yeah, sort, yes, of, that sort of, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so except it's not all criminals, although I guess it is technically. Um, but 
Anyway, criminals it's, and nobodies. It's like an internet show where people kill each other for rankings and like there's a leaderboard and that that sort of a thing. So, um, and Daniel Radcliffe, what is his name in this movie? I can't remember. Um, anyway, his character um, gets really drunk one night and starts talking smack to the wrong people in the schism chat room. And he pisses off the admins of schism and th- they end up finding his IP address, track him down, drug him, b- literally bolt handguns to his hands. Uh, give him, is it 55 bullets each or 45 or 50 or something? It was, um, I, I think it was 50 bullets each, 50 each in each gun and um, 60 each it equal to 120, 60 each. Okay. And um, he wakes up the next morning and he has guns strapped not strapped, bolted to his hands. To a point where he operation too. Yeah. So he can't do anything regular, really. He the the funniest part in this movie when he's trying to go to the bathroom and he's like, it doesn't matter. You're getting pee all over the place. It doesn't matter. Just don't shoot your <laughs> off. <laughs> um but anyway, he goes and tracks down the the owners of, or the people that run schism. And tries well, to get the, and the and the girl he's fighting with, he, you know, as, as the movie progress, Nix, as he's as he's trying to convince her, it's it's really funny because the whole time he's basically trying to avoid shooting her to be like, dude, we need to actually like work together. Please don't kill me, kind of thing. And I love a lot of their interactions through. Well, we'll, get, we'll, we'll yeah, get into that later. But, she is great in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's sort of the premise of this film. I the first time I watched this. I wasn't sure how I felt within the first 25 minutes or so. Um, It wasn't until he, I think gets out of the apartment and starts interacting with the world where I was like, okay, I'm in. Right. Right. And it's kind of because he's, he's kind of cringy. Like, Oh yeah. His, his character is pretty cringy up into that point where he kind of gets humbled a little bit. And (laughs) as these things strapped to his hands and, I, I don't know. How did how do you feel about this movie? Is this um I, I really liked it. Did I, you? I, I this is one of the most fun. This is not a movie. This is a movie meant uh, it's almost like what Martin Scorsese said about the Marvel uh movies, which we've mentioned many, many times, where he calls them an amusement park ride. Yeah. This is an amusement park ride where when you get off, they give you free merchandise afterwards. <laughs> because this is a movie where it's like it, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff done. Michael Bay and JJ Abrams could take a lot of notes from this movie because this is how you go over the top without being too much over the top. And what I mean by that is like the cinematography in this movie is way over the top. There is a lot of barrel rolling. There is a lot of movement in this movie, but it works so well. It works so well. They, they even take the whole, the whole neon aspect and lighting and they use that, but it's not overused. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite things about this is the, the neon lighting. This is how you use it. Right. I I get so annoyed at neon lighting in in movies these days because it's in everything, but in this it makes sense within this world. It's right. not just neon to be neon and this needs pink. Like right. <laughs> it's not like that. It's it makes sense within this almost cyberpunk-esque world it's, that that they set up. 
It's a it, it's a comic book video game movie. Yes. That's what it is. It and is a comic book video game it's movie. It's funny you say that because the style of this reminds me heavily of Scott Pilgrim. Like it feels yeah. like it yeah. feels like the 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 dude that did this took a lot of notes from Scott Pilgrim. And I think right. you're right. Michael Bay and JJ Abrams could learn a lot just camera movements specifically. Yep. The it serves the story. It's not just flashy and stupid to be flashy and stupid. It's there for a reason. When he passes out, they strap the thing to his chest and they follow him when he falls down on the ground. There's a lot of barrel rolling. Like you said, all of it makes sense. Well, and it underscores what he's going through. Like when yes. you have those barrel rolls, it's always coming up to him when he's unconscious or when he's trying right. to figure something out. And the, it kind of simulates his whole brain just spiraling out of control. There's also one shot where they use it where it's the rotation of a bullet that goes into somebody's head. Um, yeah. And it just spins in and it's a super cool use of that trick. Like, it, and it, but it works and it serves the story and it fits the world that it's based in right that i think is its strongest case the world building in this movie is it's so good it is so stupid cool i believe this is happening this is not something that i have to force myself okay schism okay they they capture people and they strap guns to their like i believe it because of the crazy world that they set up at the beginning of it too, you know well, what I mean? It's like, oh, absolutely! Because it's it, it's set up to really show. I mean, you're you're basically taking elements of things that already exist in the real world, uh, as in the dark side of human nature, and how if it's if it's for entertainment purposes, you can pretty much do whatever you want, and people will jump right. on board with it regardless of how bad it is. That's already a thing going on. That's why you have beheading videos on YouTube. Why you have videos yep. played over and over over again of all these bombings and all this terrible stuff going on and really what they did rather than making it seem like it's because it's easy to imagine that stuff is a small microcosmic aspect of human existence when it's just on YouTube they take that and extrapolate it into showing that this is actually a bigger problem than it really is and that's why it's it's so believable because it is an exaggeration of stuff that's already going on and stuff that's already an issue and so when you basically put that into movie format and you can throw all this lighting at it you can throw all this craziness at it it makes it believable while still being over the top and way out there right and i think the smartest thing they do here is play up the comic book-esque-ness of it oh absolutely the 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 thing that sticks in my brain is when she does a line of coke off of her gun And it's like this whole comic book thing, but it's the, it's the least comic book thing that she's doing, but she does it in a comic booky way. It's that kind of stuff that really, I don't know if you took all the flashiness of that, like the camera movements and the colors and, and all that stuff. And you were just left with her doing Coke off of her gun. It would just be, it it would just be a, Right, it would just be a violent character doing coke because right. they're a violent character and, and they don't care. And then, then you just have a criminal. Exactly. She wouldn't be likable either. That's the thing right. that, that, that is crazy is Nyx is a likable character, even though she is hunting our protagonist down the entire right. film. Well, and even before you really find out anything that really kind of like starts to – you start to – develop more of an understanding of her character even before that you're 
interested in this character as a character. Yeah. And she, the actress, I've only seen her in a handful of stuff. I think she's Australian, which makes her uh, accent it, even better. It's, it's um, a New Zealand movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, like everybody. Well, sorry. Go, go ahead. I'll get into that. Well, later. I was just going to say the actress that plays Nix does it so well. And she makes her so likable as a psychopath. And part of it is, is Nix's story in general, right? Right. Like, they, they play up the, she is damaged. She's not just crazy because she's crazy. Right. She's damaged. And she she's has got been a purpose for stuff. doing all of this. Exactly. And, and when she escapes the mental hospital and, um, what Richter, Richter's his name. And mm-hmm. Richter comes in and like kind of gets her into schism and all that. She has no idea. We're, we're going to get into spoilers here. Uh, she has no idea that Richter's the one that killed her family, that put her through this whole thing. And it ties up everything toward the end really nicely with her story in a way that also allows her to sacrifice herself in order to let Daniel Radcliffe's character get and uh, accomplish his goal. And so she's a very well-written character. I, right. She's likable. She's she's played that the actress plays the crap out of her. She yeah. she was like born to play that role. And it's everything. It's the the gold teeth, it's the tattoos, it's her overall dirty gross vibe. Right. Like it just works, man. I I have not liked a technically antagonist in a movie like that in such a long time. In well, such a long time. And you, you, you mentioned the ending and since we're, uh, since we are doing spoilers again, spoilers, yeah. um, I, the ending where, uh, uh, Nova's reaction to him at the ending is yes. so, it's so funny and realistic where they're like, cause in real life, when you do something like that, it doesn't give somebody a raging lady boner. Yeah. It gives them PTSD. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, they're really like avoiding any stereotypes you can get from a hero being the hero. And he never, and again, spoiler alert, never gets the girl. And I just love that he never gets the girl because it's this whole, okay, we're going to move on. Well, and I think it's played up really nicely too, because (laughs) it's this bright, like, and the this happy 80s song comes on and she like starts running toward him in slow motion and stuff and then it cuts to him bleeding out on the ground and you just get this sense of like this is his endorphins kicking in right. and like letting him not experience his own death is really right. what this is and it's just the perfect it's the perfect way to end that she would in real life she wouldn't be like oh my god you saved me she'd be like Holy crap, that was crazy. You killed that guy. Mm, like blood. you threw mm. him off the roof. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's the perfect way to end it. Like, but let let's go back into let's go back into uh the beginning here. Um at first I was like not buying it at all. Like I kind of felt what like when he, when he first wakes up and he has these things strapped to his or bolted to his hands, I was just kind of like, okay, this is the, I, I wasn't buying it, but the more he sort of struggles to do everyday tasks and the more they play up like him having his phone, like I, right. I started to get more and more into it. 
I um I did I I don't know I I think I was able to uh, suspend a lot of disbelief, uh, just because of the way the movie's made, just the way the movie is. Yeah. Um, I will say it it, it became a lot more believable to me the first time he shoots the gun. And his hurts ears. himself. Yeah. Well, not just that, but when he hurts himself, because I remember watching the yeah. trailer going like, well, they're bolted to his hands and you're going to tell me he's just going to shoot his way through this movie. Yeah. And that, but no, every time he fires that movie or that gun, he misses because it's like, ah! yeah, <laughs> I, you can almost feel it radiating through your bones it's, too. Yeah. When it happens like I, that's a good point because not only does he almost make himself go deaf by shooting that shot in, in his apartment. And he's like, and he's like, Rambo wouldn't be getting a medal of honor. He'd be going deaf or whatever it is. He says he'd be learning sign language, He'd be learning sign language. That's what it was. I, I, there are a lot of little things like that where you just sort of accept that stuff in movies and you never really think about it. But right. when it's, but when it's pointed out, it's almost like, Oh, you know, I, I, I had not thought of that. And it's hilarious that that is the thing that you come away from with that scene. Like, like I was saying earlier, when he's going to the bathroom, it's, it's not something that doesn't matter. He's getting pee everywhere. And he's just like, as long as I don't put a bullet into myself, (laughs) this is a success. (laughs) And when he, when he meets the homeless guy who is Reese Darby, by the way, who? Reese Darby, I I believe is that guy's name. Let me look it up. I love that homeless man. It's just that is such a good scene of him just like being presented with this ridiculous situation and he's just like yeah, I'll put you. Well, like, what, what, what does he say? I, I have a really weird request. He goes through all these like really weird aspects of it and the homeless guy's just yeah, that is a really weird request and then just proceeds to do it anyway. He's like, you want me to wipe your butt too? And he goes, actually, that could be really helpful. No. <laughs> uh, so Reese Darby played the manager of Flight of the Concords. I don't know if you ever watched that show. I watched some of Flight of the Concords. He, he played the manager in that show and he was absolutely hysterical. He's also, he had a show called uh, Short Poppies. Is that what it's called? Sh- yeah, Short Poppies. Um it may still be going on, but it's where he, he kind of does the whole, like he plays all the different characters and it's kind of like a skit show. That's where I know him the most from. He is one of New Zealand's like top comedic comedic actors. Okay. He's hilarious. And when he shows up in this, he's the, he's the perfect homeless guy for him to run into. I don't know, man. I, everything, I, I just really, really enjoyed this movie. Like, yeah, it was just, it was it, it was just it was a lot of fun. It's entertaining. It makes you care about the characters. You actually care what's going on. You're rooting for them through the whole time. Uh, e- e- even the villains, I really liked the guy with the uh, with the bondage mask on. I like lo- even the small characters, like like the editor. When the editor gets really really pissed off and he's just sitting <laughs> now now this could just be personal experience but when that editor is sitting there going will you just let me do my job i'm just sitting here going like oh this poor guy like he's getting it from both ends the uh the my favorite thing about the the guy with the gimp mask is that it's not just a gimp mask it's a horse gimp mask it's like (laughs) how do you even breathe that gimp mask on (laughs) 
But yeah, I'm, you know, I'm realizing like, we both love this so much. I, right. I have not anticipated both of us loving it so much. I, what do we say about something that we like this much? We can't just... We recommend it to people. We tell them we go that you should go and watch it because it, it again it's it's one of those rare gems that's over the top that really does take it, it adds a lot of elements from pop culture and from what's popular and yeah. what they know is going to sell, but it's not presented in a we're going to sell a movie kind of way. It's a we want to make something that's going to stand out. You're not gonna find a movie like this. You're no. not gonna go find a movie like this you're gonna find a movie like this with elements to it but i feel like this is what suicide squad really 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 wants to be i never, but unfortunately, I never saw that it i didn't either but i've seen enough of it to know what's going on with suicide squad and i feel it's there's enough of it going on or there's enough in this movie to really appeal to anybody that's looking for an action movie of any kind i think I think, yeah, I think you're right. And more than anything else, it's fun. Yeah. It's also really smart. Like the script, I don't know where this idea comes from. You know, I, I feel like it's part running man. It's part yeah. kick-ass. It's yeah. part um, Scott Pilgrim. Like, I think it's all three of those things kind of rolled up into one weird amalgamation that is its own thing. I was going to say, and yet it's still an original idea. That's um, what's so with crazy With original about execution. Yeah. Yes. And God, and- God, what, what, what is the subreddit? Praise the cameraman. Good God, praise the cameraman. Because whoever was operating the steady cam in this movie knows how to work a steady cam. There, that's the thing that really, on the surface, it's just a fun, stupid action movie. But when you know a lot about film and film language... There is a ton of stuff to dig into with yes. this movie. Yes. Um the the cinematography is fantastic and and moreover the color grade is so perfect. Yep. It's dead on to where it needs to be. It's, it's colorful, contrasty. It's contrasty, yep. but it's not too much. Right. Which which I feel like could have very easily been done. It it could have way oh, easily absolutely. been overdone. But Absolutely. It, they nailed it. And and the cinematography is we've sort of touched on a little bit. It just works. Yep. It it serves the story, but it's also really unique and really stylized. And you don't see that a whole lot in action movies. Action movies typically are very straightforward. And right. you know, I Rambo comes to mind over the top to be over the top. Right. But, but what is it? What was that skyscraper? Is that what it was called? Skyscraper with the rock where he's got fake legs, but he can somehow. Did you see, did you see that thing online that actually shows where, what his trajectory would be if he were, no. cause you know, you know, there's that, the trailer where there's the crane and he's jumping across. That's the exactly building. the shot I was thinking of. Yeah. I, somebody actually took the time to actually calculate his trajectory and it shows him falling like five stories before <laughs> he hits a window. That's awesome. But that's, that's the kind of stuff that I think of generally when I think big action movie. Right. It's not stuff like this. Again, I think Kick-Ass is a pretty good comparison, actually. 
um, especially color grade. The color grade on Kick-Ass and the color grade on this are actually very similar. Yeah. Um, they, they look very similar, but it, but it works for this like high action comic book esque style that the, the camera movements and the characters all have. Right. So uh, the, the the CGI at times is not good. That's true. Um, yeah. The, it, it, it really isn't there. There's a couple things like when she, uh, like when she takes the hammer and she breaks dude's jaw and then sometimes he, and yeah, somehow he's like very aggressively still yelling. It's like, it's little stuff like that. But again, in the context of the, the the whole premise and context of this movie lends itself to plot holes like that right because it's so over the top because it's so ridiculous and a a a good review does not have to be details about the negative aspects of a movie anyway like if it's no. i mean if a if a movie's good a movie's good and there's really not a lot to, that that you can that, that it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just it just means they honestly they just kind of they really just kind of nailed this they nailed movie. It. They really really <laughs> they really did. I mean I, I I would definitely I mean I only out of principle I wouldn't give this movie a ten out of ten just because there are things here and there where I'm kind of like all right you could have done this you could have done that but there's always something you could have done in retrospect I would definitely give this movie a nine out of ten though. Oh, you're rating it a nine out of ten. I wow. would absolutely rate this a nine out of ten. It was I, just, it was the, oh, oh, okay, you know what? No, 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 no. There is one glaring issue that I have with this movie, and it's the, everyone in this movie is from New Zealand or Australia, except Richter. He's from Ireland. Mm-hmm. And there's this, everyone has an American accent. All and that them, I yeah. don't, and that I don't get. It, it, it was actually one of the biggest issues I had with Mulan, where and, and although with Mulan, and I wanted to mention this earlier and I forgot. It they were trying so hard to keep to we want to be PC and we want to keep to culture and history, and then everybody is speaking English. And I, so, yeah, and but, again, again, and I mentioned this in the movie, again, I know it's because you want to make it available to a wider audience, but when you're doing something to make it available to a wider audience, you're not doing it for cultural impact, you're doing it to sell tickets, which I get, it's a lot of money, but still, don't go into it with that whole mentality of, we want to be culturally accurate. No, you don't, you want to sell movies, and I get I, that, that's yeah, fine, I think, whatever. I think but, your, your demographic is substantially cut. Whenever you use a whole right a whole movie as subtitle, I understand like, that. But when it's something like this, right. I would I, I would have felt the same way about this movie, and I would have been just as into this movie if everybody had an accent. That's a very good point. I had not considered that. Yeah, it makes I, no difference. It's the same language. They that's their native language. That's true. Well, or not native, but it's their it's the prominent language over in New Zealand and Australia. And so I just I, I that is one aspect where I'm sitting. I didn't ruin the movie for me at all. And no. I said nine out of ten before I even brought this up. So it's obviously not impacting that. But that I don't know why my voice did that. But it's it's just something I didn't understand. It, the the production. Companies are all Australian and New Zealand production companies, which, by the way, I have never seen a longer intro of production 
trailers yeah. than I did with this movie. Like it's 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 literally about five minutes of this product. And if you go on Wikipedia, there's literally about I think it's like six to ten production companies, which well, tells was, me that the production companies each did not want to invest a lot of money in this that, movie. That's what I was going to say. There was a lot of um, post production stuff that went on behind the scenes, and I think. I could be wrong here. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. But if I remember correctly, um, this movie was made in like 2018 and it sat around for a good year and a half, pretty much being finished. And there was a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes. Um, one thing, which I didn't even know that you had brought up beforehand with the director, there's been some controversy with things that he said or whatever. I, we won't really go into that whole thing because that's not, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, but what I will say is what, when you told me the whole thing, this is what I said. It's important in this day and age to be able to separate art from artist. Absolutely. If you cannot separate art from artist, you are going to be unhappy about a lot of the things you love. Right. And especially with movies, there's yes. so many, there are so many people involved in these projects. It's, it's one thing, uh, Chris Stuckman made a really good point on his review for Mulan, uh, the live action movie, which was you can't avoid seeing a movie because of what one or two people involved with the movie did. Right. Simply because, simply because there, I mean, you're talking on, on a level like this, whether it be Guns Akimbo or whether it be Mulan, you're talking about hundreds of people being involved in the whole process, hundreds yeah. of people being involved in the whole process. And the story isn't about the one or two dips that go around doing terrible things. It's yep. about the movie. It's about the story. And so that was, that, that was how I felt about the whole guns akimbo thing. Like, no, I'm not going to condone what somebody's doing. Regardless of the nature of what they're doing, I'm not going to condone something offensive like that. But at the same time, it doesn't make the movie different. Well, and also enjoying someone's art is not you condoning their actions. Period. No, not it's at all. Just, it's just not. Plenty and the of people more, lo- Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, the more access to people's thoughts, like through Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram that we have, the more this is going to continue to come up. If and Andy Warhol and Salvador Dali had had Twitter, dude, they would exactly. they, they would have been grilled exactly. But instead, who knows how horrible so many of the people in pop culture that we look up to were in real life are, but it or are, <laughs> and it's not it's not documented because that's not what is important when we're talking about their art, right? Someone's personality and thought. My, I feel this way. Here's a great example. I have a Deathly Hollows tattoo on my arm. So many people, I I have heard from multiple people, right, you have Harry Potter tattoos as well. I forgot about that. Yeah. So many people get so upset over J.K. Rowling's ideas about policies and politics and and race and and sexuality that they completely write off everything else that Harry Potter has done. Right. And especially when you're talking about the movies I saw when I recently watched uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, I rewatched it over Christmas. I looked up letterbox reviews on there and so many people were talking about how she deserves to be killed and this, that, and the other. And my whole thing is thousands, Keyboard warriors. thousands of other people worked on those movies. Oh yeah. And you're going to write it. 
off all of those people's work because of what one person said, regardless of she whether- She was a consultant on the movie. That's she the wasn't thing, even- is, Well, it's regardless of whether all of I this get, came out of her brain or not. Right, like, right. No, I get that. It comes back around to being able to separate the art from the artist. And right. when we're talking about Guns Akimbo, I don't care what the director said when and, talking about his movie. And to be clear, not caring is a lot different than having an opinion on it. And it's also not condoning it either. Right, I am that's, not that's condoning what, what he's saying. That's what I don't I'm saying, condone yeah. his act. Enjoying someone's art is not you condoning their actions or right. speech. Period. Absolutely. 100%. And, and that's the thing is I, I think people, let, like you said, with Harry Potter, people let so many, so many of what J.K. Rowling says, so much of what she says to influence what what they're watching and how they enjoy the movies and it's like i don't watch harry potter i don't hate fantastic beasts because of jk rowling i hate fantastic beasts because they're bad movies no they're not no, no, they, are. They, they, <laughs> they are they're garbage i hate them um but <laughs> it's, 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 it doesn't matter that's not that's neither here nor there the, the harry potter movies are such an anomaly as far as good filmmaking goes and there's such diamonds in the rough even the first one that's like arguably not that great as first, far as yeah the first two aren't that great but 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 as far as being able to take few movies have taken a fantastical world in literature and appropriately conveyed it on screen and it yeah. just, they, they are good movies and they impacted so many people's childhoods and to go, well, she said this and I don't agree with it. So now I'm boycotting this. Well, first of all, if you're doing that with the Harry Potter movies, you're like 10 to 15 years too late anyway. Yeah. Second of all, it doesn't, it shouldn't impact how you receive those movies and the, right. and the things that you love, because like we said, so many, especially on a scale like that, you had hundreds of extras. Now imagine yeah. how much was involved in pre-production, post-production. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yes. Disagree. Yes. Take that as an example of the kind of person to not be, but still go enjoy the art. Um, so anyway, I would rate this movie as a seven out of 10. Um, really? Yes, I really, I really did enjoy it. I don't think that it's um, this big masterpiece, but it's also not a bad movie. I don't think it's an eight. I, I just don't. I, I, I feel like I kind of have to justify giving it a seven because of how much I liked it, but I don't. I, seven, seven feels right for me. It's not a ten. It's not a nine. For me, those nine and tens are complete and total masterpieces. Something that changes how i look at film or something like that you know what i mean um this changed how i felt about over the top cinematography and i think that's why i'm giving it a nine out of ten for sure well um, and simply that's, because it's 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 one of those things that can so easily make or break a movie yeah. especially when you're doing barrel rolls and all the crazy nonsense they do with the camera in this um and to do that and not once for me to go really i i think that says a lot about it and so like i said it did it did. I mean, it wasn't uh, obviously it was, I'm going to go buy it. I'll put it that way. I am going to oh, go purchase okay. it because uh, I streamed it, but I am going to go buy it. And if you can, if I can stream it and want to go buy it, not out of owning it, but out of owning it to rewatch it when I want right. to, yeah. then yeah, that deserves a high rating for me. Well, and, and I will say this is the second time I've watched it and it is 
equal, if not better, the second time around. For sure. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'll I really, go rewatch th- it. I thoroughly enjoyed it on a rewatch. So, you know, I again, I didn't quite know what to expect with this movie. This is different than any movie that we've kind of talked about before. Mm-hmm. This is not uh, a hardcore horror movie. This is not an artsy coming of age film. You know what I mean? This is this is very different than anything we've done before. So I wasn't sure what to expect as far as um, how we both felt about it. But I'm I'm kind of blown away how much you loved it. I really yeah, no, I really loved this movie. That's that's huh. Hmm. I I would have thought you would have you would have fallen right around where I did, where it's six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. But you give no, it the, what the, nine? The, yeah, the, the 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 stick is slowly getting pulled out of my behind. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. Well, good times. This is uh, a much longer episode than I thought. I kind of, um, I didn't really know how long we were going to get out of guns akimbo, but we got what we got out of it. I guess yeah. that's, that's yeah. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Um, so if you got to the end of this, thank you guys so much. We really super appreciate it. Give this a like if you really liked it and Hey, a subscribe if you really, really super liked it because we do these episodes Every now and then there's no set schedule. Um, and I'd say it's I, for you, but <laughs> it's for us. <laughs> I feel the need to remind the audience again here that we do, uh, the audio only version of this same thing on Spotify and yep. Apple podcasts and stitcher and all, all of that good stuff. Um, so if you can't catch the video version or you don't want to look at our stupid faces or whatever, that is totally an option as well. Um, but make sure you hit the subscribe button if you like this, cause we do these quite often and they are super fun and it's, I, I kind of feel like we're hitting a stride. We're yeah. finally getting to a point where we know what this, what this podcast is about. And we have a clear set goal every time we sit down to do this. Whereas before it was just kind of about whatever. And we would just, whatever. So, so, so the red button, right? We're doing yeah, the red exactly. button. Okay, cool. We're good. Let's go. <laughs> so, Thank you guys for watching. We really super appreciate it. And we will see you next time on From the Deep. Toodles.